It's our favorite time of the week as Raider great and radio analyst Lincoln Kennedy joins us on Unnecessary Roughness. Efforty and Lincoln Kennedy right now, and he'll be joining us in a few minutes. Oh, and he is ready now. Okay, there you go. Look at that. Just like that, we say we're efforting him, and here he is, Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders radio broadcast, a former Raider offensive lineman, multiple-time pro bowler. We definitely enjoy Lincoln each and every week. And, Lincoln, thanks for your time this afternoon. And we talked about the Raiders coming off the bye week on Tuesday. Today, let's focus in on the game on Sunday against the Texans. And I know they're 1-3-1. and I know they haven't played a lot of real good teams outside of the Chargers, but – what do you expect from this Texans team as they come in? How do you expect them to compete versus the Raiders? How do you expect this game to kind of go? Well, first of all, it's going to be with you, D, and, and, um, and, and Q. You know, the, the thing I would say this is that you expect to see a fight and a level of professionalism that's coming from this, the, this team. The, the, and when, and when you look at it, you're hoping that the Raiders can stand up and be accountable for not only what they've done so far, but what they're hoping to do the, the rest of the future. But, you know, when you think about it, it, it's about the level of professionalism. What are you going to see out of this team? And I'm hoping, really, I'm hoping that we see, you know, uh, something different than we've seen the past five, what, five and a half a week, whatever it is. Right. Well, I'll say this. Houston comes in, and they're only allowing about 19 points a game. And as many people have pointed out, yeah, Q, but they haven't really played anybody. How much do you take into consideration when you see that? Do you worry about their competition? not worried about their competition. I'm worried about their, their self-improvement. I'm worried about to see the self-growth, if you will, over the past you know, six weeks. The fact is this team has ability. This team has potential, but you know I've never been one of those the one of those guys who rests his laurels on on moral victories. Right. I want to see this team grow, and more importantly, I want to see this team come out and and, and establish itself the, potentially the way I think it's capable of, and and we haven't seen that yet. Oh, continuously. I mean, we we've seen it at spots, right. but we haven't seen that consistently. No, no, we haven't. That's something that we asked Patrick Graham about defensively. We've asked Josh McDaniels about offensively. It just hasn't been able to be put together for four quarters for the, you know, throughout the course of a game. And as far as you know, one of the, the keys that you pointed out, even going all the way back to week one, is that you thought the Raiders should run the ball. I think that that should be the game plan in this game because the Texans don't do great at stopping the run. And Josh Jacobs is running hard. He's running violent. Uh, do you think that the Raiders should just lean on Jacobs on Sunday? Let's hope that we can see that. But more importantly, we hope that, the hope that Jacobs can stay healthy. You know what? Here's the thing. I noticed in the fourth quarter of that Kansas City game, Jacobs came out and he went under the tent because he had something with, going on with his shoulder. I'm hoping it doesn't linger. But we also know this. Throughout his history through the NFL, he hasn't been able to perform consistently for 16 games. There's been times he's been on, on the shelf. So we've got to make sure we keep him healthy. Run back by committee is the way to do it. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Lincoln, well, Josh Jacobs, when they caught up with him in the locker room yesterday, he did say that that was a shoulder stinger, and he said that's common among running backs in the NFL. So he said that it wasn't that big of a deal, that um, injury that you were speaking of. But when it comes to this Raiders offense, it look, it's looking like Darren Waller will not play. Hunter Renfro missed practice with a hemp injury today. How important do you think it's going to be for the Raiders to spread the ball around, even if they don't have two of their big three playing? I think it's essential to their offense, Steve. The, the fact is that your stars need to shine. And, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I've yet to see Darren Waller shine on a consistent level this season. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen flashes out of Hunter Renfro, and we know he took, he took some licks the, uh, and, and, and got a concussion earlier. But 
the, the stars need to be out there. there. There's no way around it. You, you, you have so many more options to your offense when your stars are out there rather than them sitting on the sideline watching everybody else play. Yeah, but like I said, I don't. I think that it's already established that Darren Waller is going to miss yeah, Sunday's yeah, game, and Hunter Renfro, you know, it's it's hit or miss because he has that hip injury. Who do you think on this Raiders roster needs to step up? Because we all know that I think that Devontae Adams, he's going to go out there, he's going to have a great game. But who are some of these other weapons that the Raiders have that you think may need to step up and have big games against well, the Texans? Well, as a process of elimination, if Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller aren't available, then you're going to have to have Josh Jacobs step up big time, right? Because there are going to be guys who are going to be expecting Devontae Adams to go out there and do it. So it's got to be Hunter Renfro. I mean, it's got to be Josh Jacobs. Talking again with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And this Texans defense, especially the secondary, they're young, but they're, they're guys that maybe just because they don't know any better, they're going out there playing at a high level. Uh, how do you think the Raiders should try to exploit that young, that young secondary of Houston? Take advantage of inexperience. Um, go out there, run your plays, see how they perform in the first half and then take advantage of inexperience in the second half. How exactly do you do that? Well, well, you, you, I mean, you run plays, you see what works, or it works successfully, and then you come out and you do it, and you do it more of the more times than not. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, there you go. There, there, go ahead, Demond. Yeah, we had on a... We had on a Texans insider earlier, and he mentioned about how Coach Lovey Smith always has this these Texans defense in the right position. He says that that's why this Texans defense is only allowing a little bit under 20 points per game, is that they're not giving up big plays, and Coach Lovey Smith has them in the right positions. What do you think is the best way to attack that cover two defense that Lovey Smith is known for? The way you you attack cover the cover two defense is you attack it on the intermediate and third levels. And what that what I mean by that is because behind the quarters before, before the safeties, kind of hard to explain when we're talking on the radio. But that's the way you cover a, attack a cover two two defense. More importantly, if you have two high safeties, you run the football. That's what it comes down to. You run the football because you only have a single, uh, you know, two high safeties. You have more guys in coverage than you do in the box. You run the football, and then if they bring down a single high safety, you throw the football. And, and that's going back to what I was saying. I thought that the, the game plan should be lean heavily on the run game, like you said, Lincoln. Even if it's not Josh Jacobs, have a running back by committee. They got enough running backs. They Absolutely. should be able to do that. <laughs> right? Let me, let me ask you this, Lincoln, because I heard uh, Chris Canty saying this on ESPN the other day uh, about the 55, the number 55. And, and what he was saying is John Harbaugh had told him that you're looking for that number 55 as a player. And what that is is – uh, the amount of rushes that you have and the amount of completions that your quarterback has. If that total is 55, you're going to win more, more games than you're going to lose. Is that something that you've heard before? Is that something that has been taught before in the locker room? The amount of rushes and the amount of completions you have equals 55? Yep. I have not heard that before, but I like the formula. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's funny because it's something that, and I was doing the research on it. I mean, like in the Buffalo-Kansas City game, Buffalo had the number 58. Kansas City had 43. Who won the game? Buffalo. Right. You know? I see. Interesting. I, ne- I never thought about it before. But, I mean, I like the formula. If you Look, look, I'm one of those guys that likes to run the football. Right. I, I like to pound people in the flesh. I, I want to I see you. I want to see you up close, and I want to hit you often. That's that's running the football. I don't you know I don't know about the the, the format as far as number wise go, but I would tell you this: if if it works, let's do it. Right, absolutely. And if you establish the run, then everything else should be able to really develop off of that, including maybe a big game for Devontae for sure. Adams. You know, who, who we see, we see him has has this obviously the skills. It's, it looks like it clicks. It just hasn't clicked consistently. Again, it goes back to that consistency. Consistently, well, work. without a doubt, without a doubt, guys. 
Absolutely. We're talking with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, DeMond. For this Raiders defense, when you're matched up, I mean, what were the conversations like in the locker room maybe when you were playing, when you guys know, they'll know that you're playing, as one texter said, a tremendously offensively challenged team, <laughs> and you know that, hey, th this team does not put up points, so we expect the defense to go out there and at least, you know, make, keep it interesting for us because, hey, man, this team hasn't put up points against anybody all season. They shouldn't you know do it to it us. It was never about that. It was always about self-accomplishment and self-improvement. You know, if that makes sense. The thing is, is that you can't look to another team when you have deficiencies within yourself. And that's something that I've always tried to focus on as a pro. Um, when, when, whenever we went out there, there was things that I would sit there and say, look, uh, guys, we need to do, we just need to take care of self. And everything else would, would happen. If, and look, if we went out there and scored 25, 30 points, then I was expecting to win a football game. I wasn't expecting to go home with a loss. Right. So, and I don't know if, they, if these guys currently think about it, but I do know this, is that when you think about how to put, potentially put together wins, you have to take care of things that are, that are within your control. And the only way to do that is to go out there and play hard, score touchdowns when you can, and put the pressure on the opposing teams. How big will it be that it looks like Anthony Avery is going to come back and play on Sunday, especially since Nate Hobbs is out for four weeks? Well, they need it. They need, it. They need all hands on deck. They need as many guys as they can get. And the thing is, is that when you talk about, especially the secondary, because the, the solid defense that they play, especially around the defensive line guys, they need as much help as they can get in the secondary because there are a lot of holes, a lot of real estate that's available for the, the, the secondary and the second level. You know, we've talked a lot about Chandler Jones and, you know, him getting pressures but not really getting pressures and showing up here and there. Do you think that maybe he needs to do like they do in Buffalo with Vaughn Miller, kind of put him on a pitch count so he can go, you know, pin his ears back for 30, 30 reps like they do with Miller? I don't care what, how, many, how many counts you put him on or whatever you put him on. Go, go out there and play. You need right. to play. <laughs> Show right. me something, you know, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. I just it seems like at least in Kansas City and you were there, I wasn't, but it mm -hmm. seemed like he really started off strong and you saw a lot of energy and and uh, energy out of him, but then it kind of just it, it just kind of fizzled out towards the end of the game. So I is, think is that, that where we are with him? With number 55? <laughs> is that where we are? Pitch count? You need I'm, to have a pitch count? Go out there and play. Right. You you, you make enough damn money. You you've been brought over here as a free agent. Go out there and play. Right. No, I mean, I got you. I got you. I, I just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with solutions here on the fly. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Looking for remedies to, to the formula. No, damn it. Go out there and play. I'm, I'm not looking at that. Go out there and play. Fair enough. Fair enough. Not, not mad at that at all. All right, Lincoln, <laughs> as we close things up, I know that all you want is a win, and that's what you tell us every week. I want wins on Sunday. And so on Sunday, when the Texans come to, uh, come to town, uh, what is it going to take for the Raiders to come away with that W, man? Score touchdowns. A lot more touchdowns than the other team. Score touchdowns. That's why I need to see out of this team. If this team is going to grow and try to make a playoff push, they need to score touchdowns, and they need to score them often. It's as simple as that. Score touchdowns, score them often, no field goals. You know, so exactly. limit, the, limit the field goal attempts. Well, Lincoln, Lincoln, we appreciate you as always. We'll see you in the press box on Sunday. Sounds like a plan, my man. I'll see you guys. Take All care. right, there he goes. Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network joining us there. Giving us his uh, his thoughts on Sunday. Score touchdowns. Score touchdowns. Don't put Chandler Jones on a pitch count. Just go out there and play ball. There you go. Lincoln Kennedy giving his uh, dropping his knowledge on us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. 412 is the time. We'll come back, get to your calls and texts. We got some more lo ro locker room sound as well. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. 
It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got to shout out to my man Bill on Twitter at RealDeal2525. He tweeted, Q, haven't you learned anything? You got to train your body and train your brain. You have to put in the work. Signed, Lester Hayes. Very well done there, Damon. I don't know if you saw that tweet from Bill or not, but good timing right there. Everyone's having a good time talking about me and my uh, my failures on Friday night against Vegas Jess. Who would have known that I probably should have just kept that to myself and nobody would have known? I would have. You wouldn't have known. How would you have known? No, I mean, I would have kept it to myself. Oh. <laughs> Got a text from the 408. Damon, now's your time to kick Q while he's down and lacking confidence. Get him on the court with a little one-on-one. The one thing I can tell you, brother, it don't matter how down I am, I will never lack confidence. It don't matter what I'm doing, even when I get behind the damn TV cameras in that damn podcast studio over at Raiders HQ, the confidence is there. I might not do it right. I might fail, but the confidence is there. My confidence is sky high. That's the one thing. You'll never, you'll never get an unconfident me. You just might get a me that's not going to succeed. Okay, taking it back to the uh, Raiders roundtable, I did look at the video on YouTube, yeah. and I did have some of the same critiques that the wife have or whoever else, but I was like, I ain't going to tell them. But I was thinking. This. So like, what do you hey. think? So okay, go ahead. We we got time and opportunity. Go ahead. What'd you think? I did think whoever told you button up that top button. <laughs> I was right there with them on that. Yeah, man, button up the top button. Also, I didn't like the way your arms were sitting in the chair. Just oh, the way because I got I got an arm I got an armrest on the chair. Yeah, well, what what do you getting, want me to do with my arms? To the side. The side is because like, it almost looked like you were like propping yourself up a little bit. Yeah, it was like your arms were propped up, but you were still slouching. Yeah, man, there were a lot of notes that that I was looking at you as well on the Raiders roundtable. Like, come on, man. <laughs> All right, hey, look, man, <laughs> it is what. It, look, there's always next week. <laughs> there's always next week. They letting you get too comfortable around it. They just like, yeah, we just gonna let you do what he do. I mean, that's that's all. Look, man, I'm a radio dude, right? I mean. <laughs> As long as I'm able to give the information and give the knowledge that I'm supposed to be able to share, then that should be the that should be the job. But I get it. It's uh, it's we're in the YouTube world, we're in the video world, we're in all that. I get it. But man, oh man, I'm still learning. I'm I still only learning. searched it out just because you mentioned all the notes that people were giving I know, you. I know, and I appreciate them. I really do. Believe me, I think it's actually kind of funny. Uh, we got Vinny Bonsignor coming up at uh, 4.30. He'll give us his Raider thoughts, uh, what he thinks the Raiders need to do on Sunday as the Houston Texans prepare uh, to play the Raiders in Allegiant Stadium. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q and DeMond, thank you for taking my call. Man, Q, nobody's letting you live down the turf monster got you. At all, man, at all. It's all good. It is what it is. When it rains, it pours. Sounds like everybody's got something to say now. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> It is. I get it. You know, I'm just happy. I'm I'm back on terra firma. I've been higher than a giraffe's ass all day <laughs> up in this grain elevator, putting these wires in this thing, sketched out. I don't mind heights, but sometimes it'll get you. Now, getting to what I actually called. Um, so, what I want to see them do 
been the adjustment game. You know, like we've been hearing how how much of a genius McDaniels is, and he's been getting out outmaneuvered in the second half. It appears okay. we've not been able to put a whole a whole four quarters together. And from what I've seen, they're always coming back to get us in the end. I'm try I'm hoping that versus this lower competition, supposedly they'll be able to finally win the game of the uh, win the game of adjustment, win the chess match in the second half, and let us finally. After the third quarter, know the game is in our pocket. For once, please, guys, just do that. And then we can talk about, you know, ending the, the season 10 and 7. Thank you guys for taking my call, and you have a great day. I appreciate the, the call, my man. And, yeah, no, you're right about that. You know, the adjustments, that's something that we talked about quite a bit. I remember I talked about it quite a bit. You know, uh, we all said that Josh McDaniels was a guy that can adjust on the fly. He's really good at that, and so, yeah, at times you can see adjustments being made by the other team, and it might not look like the adjustments are being made on the Raiders' side. That's a fair assessment. I like that. Uh, good stuff, Fargo. Appreciate you. Let's get one more call in. How about ABA Ivan Davis? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, thanks for taking my call. What's up, Raider Nation? What up? Out there, but uh, something I thought about that you mentioned very, very briefly was in passing in another conversation that, that that's going on. And this is the defense. We have a coach that has a, if you understand what I'm talking about, a John Gruden type defense. You know, John Gruden's offense was hard to learn. Whatever this complicated defense is, is also hard to learn. Like I said, they're doing too much thinking. Mm-hmm. So my hope is that they simplify the defense to where they can just, especially a team that's not supposed to put up offense, you should be able to simplify the defense and just and, and just go play. I'm not saying don't learn the defense, right? but install it little by little in practice where that way they can get it. Because the hard part all have the basic principles of cover three or cover four. You know, it has those, it just, it, you just add in a few more wrinkles to it. So rather than trying to install it at one time. So that way, as, as we go on, they'll eventually get it. Okay, so I'm hoping that, I mean, for, simplify the defense. Because I'm not worried that much about the offense, even with the people missing. I, I, I just think that we're going to be able to put up a lot of points no matter what. Okay, so that's all I have to say, my man. Nice to, nice to hear the show again, man. I've been real busy. But anyway, I'll check with you guys later, man. Go Raiders. There he goes. My guy, ABA Ivan Davis. Glad you're able to uh, ch- check us out for a few minutes, my man. It's always good to hear from you. Uh, and, yeah, you know, there's again, there's a lot to, that goes into what you're talking about in the defense. And that was one thing that I forgot to talk to Lincoln uh, or ask Lincoln about. I was going to ask him about the complexity of the defense and the offense if he thinks that it's too complex. You know, if he thinks that Josh McDaniel's system is, you know, too hard to pick up for these uh, for these guys. Is the defense too hard to pick up for these guys, similar to what we saw when Paul Gunther was the defensive coordinator? Something I meant to ask Lincoln, but uh, didn't get my chance. I, I did have a chance, but uh, he kind of threw me off. I think he was at a restaurant or something eating, so he kind of threw me off with some of his, uh, his, his answers and the shortness or the one-word answer that he had. So I thought... I better let this guy go ahead and eat. It seems like he was uh, he was a little preoccupied when when we were talking to him. So that was my fault that I forgot to ask him that. But we will ask Vinny Bonsignor coming up at uh, 4:30 what he thinks about that. We'll get his, uh, his his thoughts for sure. And then uh, whatever else he's seeing from the Raiders as he was out at practice today, he was in the locker room today. He talked to multiple players, including uh, DJ Turner was one of them. He also talked to Dylan Parham. Uh, but we do have the sound from yesterday that he sent us uh, from Trayvon Merrick, the second year safety out of TCU. He's a guy that's got a lot to prove 
right? He missed the game or two because of his hip injury, but he's back out there. And, uh, you know, he's got to go out there and he's got to play at a high level. Man, he's got to show why the Raiders made him a second-round pick and prove that he can be that difference maker that I believe he could be. But, again, I can, I can pump him up all I want. It doesn't. None of that matters until you actually see him going out there and making a lot of plays. So here's Trayvon Merrick in the Raiders locker room yesterday after practice talking about who the Houston Texans are. Oh, no, it's, it's a blast, man. You know, to come back out here, see the guys after break, um, you know, to see them all healthy again, to come back out there, you know, just want to win and play fast and have fun, like you said. So. I don't want any secrets, but what stands out to you when you watch film of the Texans? Oh, man, they just, you know, they're explosive. Um, they got good players all around. They got a really good running back, um, you know, that can run the ball very well. Tough runner. We just need to be able to tackle him, so. They seem to be a great team like you guys that are always in the games. And yeah. They only have a win as well, but right. Yeah, definitely gritty, like you said. Um, you know, we're just going to have to stop the explosives, stay on top of the receiver, and stop the runners. So. Now being able to come back home after the bye week and knowing the kind of schedule that you guys have coming up, how big is this game for you? Uh, it's a big game. You know, every game is big, I'd say. Um, you know, just especially on the win, winning side of the, uh, of the game. So, you know, to come back in this this week is just win. You know what I'm saying? So. Obviously, the first five games, you saw that schedule, and it was going to be a tough start. Mm -hmm. There's no easy games in the NFL. Yeah. When you look at the schedule coming up, do you think that you guys can go like on a run and get back over 500? Um, I think, you know, every game, even the past five weeks, it was that. You know what I'm saying? I don't think just because, you know, like y'all people are saying, just, you know, we had a hard five games, but, you know, every game's hard, like you said. So um, I think we got to prepare the same way. There's Trayvon Merrigan in the Raiders locker room yesterday after practice talking about the Houston Texans. Just a, a brief little, you know, a few answers there from Trayvon Merrick talking about preparation and how you prepare for each and every team each and every week. And, you know, we all could say, oh, this is the easy part of the schedule or that was a tough part of the schedule. But these guys don't look at it like that. They look at it like, man, every game is a tough game. Every team is a tough team. And they've got to prepare. And they've got to, they can't. They can't get into the habit of, oh, hey, we're going to, you know, prepare harder for this team because, well, this is the harder part of the schedule. They've got to, they got to continue to have the same preparation each week, each week in, each week out. I mean, they just got to make that happen. So there's Trayvon Merrick in the Raiders locker room. Coming up next, we'll hear from Vinny Bonsignor. He was in the Raiders locker room earlier today. We'll talk to him next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Benny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines. Talk all things silver and black as he was in attendance at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center earlier today. Talked to uh, some players, was inside the locker room, and he joins us now on the phone lines. And Vinny, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Uh, one thing that stood out to me from the injury report and everything that you guys were saying that was there in attendance at practice today was no Hunter Renfro. He's dealing with the hip injury. How big is that for uh, the Raiders? Yeah, it's not good. Um, you know, I don't know what his status is going to be for Sunday, obviously, but obviously it was significant enough that he just practiced today and joining Darren Waller on the injury report. And the Raiders have just had a real big issue uh, getting their entire offense on the field together, the one that they envisioned when they traded for Devontae Adams. You know, the good news is they've been able to still manufacture points, six most points in the NFL, but I know that the Raiders want to get this group on the field, they've just been having a world of a time trying to do that. 
you know, Vinny, uh, myself and Damon, and of course you guys on the morning tailgate, Clay, uh, Heidi, and yourself have talked a lot about the Raiders' defense and you know what's going on with Patrick Graham, uh, the way that he calls it in the red zone because it's been a struggle. And you asked him about it earlier this week. Do you think that his defense is too complex? Because I've heard multiple people, and you had Mike Pritchard on. He said that to you guys on the show. Do you think that there's some validity to that, that it could be a little bit too complex for these guys to pick up? I, you know, it's, I, I have a hard time going down that road. Okay. Um, there's never, you know, his Giants defense picked it up last year. They were the fifth best team in the NFL uh, in the red zone, um, you know, last season, which is an area, obviously, that's really plaguing them right now. They do a pretty good job. Uh, everywhere else on the field, but when it gets into the red zone, there's breakdowns. Uh, no, I don't think it's too complicated. I think it's just guys executing their 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 assignments at a high level, kind of like how the offense has sort of stubbed it so in critical moments at various points this year, so has the defense. Uh, I want to see it for a little bit longer before I go out on a limb and say, you know, oh, these guys aren't getting it. I don't think it's that. I just think guys, for whatever reason, haven't um, – executed at a high enough level in certain key situations. You know, uh, what Patrick Graham said to us after you asked him that question earlier this week was he'd like to have a couple of the calls back. You know, it starts with him, and uh, he said that he hasn't really dialed it up and called it the right way he should in the red zone. Do you see that while you're sitting in the press box watching the game? Have you seen uh, a few that you thought, yeah, that probably wasn't a good call? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, there, there's not many that I can specifically say, but, but I, I hear what he's saying because every coach is going to, feel that way, whether you're calling offensive plays or defensive plays, and certainly some of the play calling for Josh McDaniels has been questioned. I'm sure he wants a few of those back. But one thing, you know, I'm going back and forth on whose responsibility Travis Kelsey was on. I think it was the last touchdown that he scored. Yeah, um, It was sort of an RPO that, that the Chiefs were running, and, and if you're watching um, you know, the eyes of Jonathan Abram, he's looking over Travis Kelsey into the backfield. I don't know if that was because Kelsey just wasn't his guy, and he's in, in as, a, as a run fit. That's his responsibility. Or if he was completely missing who he was supposed to defend. It looked like he was looking beyond Travis Kelsey, almost as if that's not my responsibility right now. In, in that kind of a situation, you wonder, well, why not? You're in that area. Is that something that Patrick Graham told him not to do and let Travis Kelsey uh, go to somebody else? And obviously, those were that was a disastrous result. So, when Patrick Graham says that, I, I look at that and where Jonathan's eyes were, and it just doesn't seem like he was even focused at all on Travis Kelsey, not by missing him, but by design. Right, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor uh, from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Of course, you can catch him every single morning on Radio Nation Radio 920, the morning tailgate. Damon's got one for you. Yeah, Vinny, I'm glad what you said there in your last answer because I wanted to go deeper down that path. Because with this Raiders team where some people say, hey, is this defense just too complicated, can it just boil down to at the end of the day that these players just are not executing? I know Patrick Graham, all coaches are going to do that. They say, hey, we could have coached them better or some different calls that could have been made, but like you said, that play specifically with Travis Kelsey's last touchdown, could it be if these players executed better on a play here or a play there, they maybe win a game or two, and we're not talking about, hey, is this defense just so complicated for them? Yeah, I think so, because you think of it this way, Devon. Look at what the Raiders did against Travis Kelsey the entire game. The Raiders have never defended him that well. I know that's crazy talk because he scored four touchdowns, but I'm talking about on the, in the entire game. He's never had a game like that. Like, if, let's just take away the four touchdowns. I know you can't do that, but I'm just saying he wasn't ripping them apart like he normally does. He wasn't running free. He wasn't, like, 
guy, like who's got Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field? Why is he right. running free for another 28 yards? Uh, and there was a plan on him, and the Raiders did execute that plan. They were chipping him at the line of scrimmage. They were getting physical with him. Uh, they were taking him away. Remember when we talked about going into that game, trying to take him away as a read, and they were doing that because of the timing mechanism of knocking him off the line of scrimmage. Mahomes had to go someplace else with the football. What was crazy to me was that they weren't doing it in the red zone. They completely stopped doing it uh, in the red zone. Now, I don't know if that's because the penalty on Clee Farrell, uh, because he got caught, you know, uh, kind of roughing up uh, Travis a little bit, or because it felt like with it being in closer uh, confinement that the referee would easier see that and maybe make a wrong call and give him a new set of downs. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But it really felt like they were executing the game plan really well for most of that game, and they had breakdowns when it counted most. And to me, that's more on the players. I have to say that. Vinny, we got a text from Trey and KC on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and he says, has it occurred to anyone that maybe we just don't draft well on defense? And I, I, I say that, I read that text because I wanted to ask you, do you think it's as simple as maybe the Raiders defensively just don't have the dogs to go out and get it done outside of a couple key players like a Max Crosby? Like a Max Crosby and a, yeah, a Nate Hobbs, um, you know, Denzel Perryman is in the draft pick. But he was a really good acquisition. Um, right. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to that. Um, you look at the misses that the Raiders have had, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball, but let's talk about defense. Damon Arnett was a terrible yeah. uh, draft pick. There's, Lee Farrell probably shouldn't have been, no, not probably, he shouldn't have been the fourth pick uh, overall. So, yeah, they've missed a, a lot of players that had they hit on some of those guys, it would make things a whole lot easier. So when you look at, we had Trey Wingo on our show earlier this morning, Aside from Max Crosby and maybe the Chandler Jones that we saw uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs because he was flying all over the field. I really liked how he played in that game. Uh, and at times, Nate Hobbs. But aside from those three players, is there anyone that the offense really has to look at on the Raiders' defense right now as an individual and say, man, that's the guy we got to avoid? You know what I'm saying? Like you, yeah. could, you could cobble it together and come up with a good game plan uh, with, with you know, pieces that aren't star pieces. But that takes a whole scheme and teamwork and communication and all that. There really isn't anybody on the Raiders' defense outside, like you said, of a couple of guys that the offense really has to be worried about in terms of just, I can't even, we're not even looking over there because that guy will eat us alive. So, and that, to me, that does, like you said, go, it goes back to player acquisition and how the Raiders have drafted over the last few years because it's been pretty bad. Yeah, Vinny, speaking of this Raiders defense, Coach Patrick Graham, he preached in the offseason about versatility and matching up against each team. So do you think with this Houston Texans offense that is not prolific by any stretch, that I'm not saying it's going to be an easier matchup for the Raiders, but the Raiders will be able to call some plays and it'll be a better game plan since the Houston Texans offense is limited at best? This should be a good outing for the Raiders defense. They stopped the run. Uh, they're top five in the NFL in stopping the run. Um, it hasn't been as good against the pass, obviously. Some of that is one of the quarterbacks they play. They play some pretty good quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, if if they can do what they do well, which is which is stopping the run and forcing the uh, the, the Texans to be a one-dimensional team with their young quarterback Davis Mills, and then you start attacking Davis Mills and 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 getting him a, a young quarterback who may not be able to handle some of the coverage schemes, some of the blitz packages that you throw at him to really throw him off the game and be forced to turnover. To me, this game is in the Raiders' defensive wheelhouse. If they can stop the run, and that's the Raiders' strength. So if they play to their strength uh, and, and, and force 
you know, the Texans have been doing something they don't necessarily like to do. Uh, this could be a good, nice afternoon for the Raiders' defense. You know, Vinny, speaking of the Raiders' strength, it's also offensively running the ball, and the Texans aren't very good at stopping the run. So do you expect to see a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs or some kind of form of running back by committee? Um, yeah, I, I do. Um, and you have to because that's, that's the uh, weakness of the, of the Texans' defense. But I was talking about this this morning. Um, you know that the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith are looking at this Raiders' offense right now, and what are they seeing? They're seeing a team – that really hangs its hat on the running game. So mm-hmm. are the Texans going to kind of overcompensate for that a little bit in how they defend the Raiders' run? And is that going to give Derek Carr and the offense some really good looks to attack downfield? So I think they, I think if, if the Texans play you know, the way they normally play or line up the way they normally line up, uh, then you're going to see run, you know, a, a lot of run plays. But if they start overcommitting to that run game because of what they've seen on film of the Raiders these last couple of weeks, then don't be surprised if they start really attacking downfield. And that's the beauty of having a run game, especially putting a run game on film that teams now have to look at and and account for uh, and maybe over-account for. Another player that can help with the Raiders in the run game is Foster Morrow. Do we know what his limitations may be for Sunday's game? Or maybe is he going to be on a pitch count to say coming off of injury? Is he going to play? Oh, that too? Uh, no, I think he's going to play. He's, he's you know, uh, in the limited time, of course, that we've had at practice, um, he's looked fine, and uh, he's been in great spirits in the, in the locker room. Uh, but, you know, what's interesting is the Raiders have found something uh, in that second tackle. It's the, it's, it's the spot that Foster usually plays, you know, aside uh, Jermaine Illuminar or whoever the right tackle is, more for run blocking than anything else. And you got to also feel like, hey, if, if Darren Waller doesn't play like he probably won't, um, now, now Foster has to take over for Waller, um, so he'll do that job. Where you're probably going to see Thayer Munford uh, back at right tackle or that right right tackle uh, in the in the blocking. Now, having said that, I did talk to Thayer Munford, uh, you know, and, and asked him, you know, are they ever going to throw you a pass? And he's, he's definitely says he hopes so. And he practiced that at Ohio State, claims that he can catch it. Ah. And I think Derek Carr must have overheard us. Because he shouted to Thayer Munford from across the way. He said, hey, man, if I throw the ball to you, you better catch it. And Thayer said, man, I can catch it. And, and, and Derek's like, I know you can catch it. I'm saying you better catch it <laughs> if that ball comes to you. So, I, you know, and, and with, with Waller out and Hunter Renfro out, who knows? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe they have to throw it to Thayer at some point. Vinny, I've got to sing your praises because I brought this up to Lincoln, I think, last week about maybe Thayer Mumford, you know, keeping the defense on their toes and them, you know, throwing them out there for some play action. So for, to hear you guys say that and have been talking about that in the locker room gives me some vindication. Absolutely. And, I, and you know, I, I, I've been meaning to ask Thayer. I hadn't seen him, uh, you know, for a while because of the bye week. So I saw him, at, you know, at his locker room. Hey, I go, dude, are they going to throw the ball to you or what? And his eyes... Light lit up now. You know uh, Dylan Parham who was sitting next to me. He's like, oh no 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 no, come on no. But Thayer claims he claims that at Ohio State there was definitely a package for him uh, as a tackle eligible, and in practice he definitely made the catch. He said it was a one handed catch too, so uh, maybe he's got some gloves over there. Some, well, some I'll I'll say this, Vinny. There was a package waiting for me in Livermore when I was a young man. Me and my cousin were riding a bike to Livermore. There was a package for me that we never got when we arrived. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> if, 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 that's, if that's the direction the Raiders got to go, man, you know, I don't know what would have been happening to lead up to that point. Although if it's a blowout, you know, throw it to the big guy. He's been doing his job, man. 
He's yeah. definitely been doing his job in that raw. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's definitely done that. And, and Vinny, we'll get you out on this. Uh, as far as the trade deadline, it's coming up November 1st. Do you think that the Raiders may be active? you think GM Dave Ziegler might be uh, looking around at other rosters around the league of teams that are underachieving, like the Bears or the Washington football team? I do, um, although, you know, just caution that, that action may not result in results, I guess is the way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I do know that, that the Raiders are definitely, um, you know, looking around. There's also calls being made to them right. uh, as well, and they're taking those calls and listening. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked because I know that, you know, this, the amount of guys that they have working out on Tuesdays and coming in here, you know that they're trying to always strengthen that roster. Um, I don't know which direction it would go in terms of who they would target. Uh, right. It takes two to tangle. We all know that. But, yes, I, I, I expect them to be an active participant uh, in the days leading up to the trade deadline and maybe on the day, the day of the trade deadline. Well, the deadline is November 1st, so we'll, uh, we'll definitely be paying attention to that. Vinny, before we let you go, I know it's Thursday, man. It's week seven. It's getting underway. We got Clay Baker. He's going to be at the Sahara Las Vegas uh, at Chickies and Pete's. Where are you going to be at this afternoon? I'll be chilling uh, over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill doing our thing on Thursday night. And then, of course, on Saturday, uh, the whole crew hopefully will uh, will be over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill. It's been a while. It seems like it's been a minute since, since we've seen everybody. But we'll be back over at the Rockstar uh, Bar and Grill uh, Saturday before the Texans game uh, with the usual uh, uh, cast of characters. There you go. Well, that'll work. Vinny, appreciate you as always, man. Great stuff. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, have a hell of a show tomorrow morning on the Morning Tailgate with Clay and Heidi. All right, thanks. Take care, Demond. Take care. All right, there he goes. Vinny Bonsignor, fantastic job with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920, doubling down as our insider, doubling down as a, a radio guy, doubling down as the Las Vegas Review-Journal writer. Uh, and damn it, I forgot to ask him about his piece he put out on defense. Damn it. Anyway, it's a really good piece that he put out on the RJ. I always forget, man, we get into conversations with different guys, and it goes in a bunch of different directions. And believe me, Radio Nation, I'm a guy that has like two pages of notes for every guest that we talk to, and I still end up forgetting about something I wanted to ask. But good stuff with Vinny. We appreciate his time. 4.46 is the time. When we come back, we'll close out the show just like that. Quick, fast, in a hurry. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Clay Baker from the Morning Tailgate will be checking in with us in a little bit. Every Thursday night, he kicks off another week of football at Chickies and Pete's inside Sahara, Las Vegas. So definitely go check him out. He'll be there till about 8 o'clock. Great food, great drinks, plenty of uh, great TVs to check out the action on. The atmosphere is fantastic at Chickies and Pete's. So definitely go check him out. Oh, by the way, he's got prizes as well. So he's locked and loaded. He's got a lot for you. Chickies and Pete's inside of Sahara, Las Vegas. You can check out Clay Baker every Thursday. He's at that spot. Of course, tonight, Thursday night football action, the Saints and the Cardinals a game that I expect the Cardinals to win, but, of course, they got to go play the games. You can see them on Amazon Prime, as that is the sole, the sole uh, carrier of Thursday night football action. As far as the Cardinals go, and I just bring this up just to prove a point, my good buddy Bo Brock, who covers the Cardinals like a glove, said that for the Cardinals, running back James Conner, kicker Matt Prater, and cornerback Trayvon Mullen are all inactive for the Cardinals. So... Another game where former Raider cornerback Trayvon Mullen is out for the Cardinals. And it's so funny that a Cardinal fan responded to Bo on Twitter and said, at this point, we will never see Mullen ever play. Great job, Kime, trading for an injured player. That's from a Cardinals fan 
in response to my guy, Bo Brock, talking about often injured Trayvon Mullen, a guy that I know a lot of Raider fans keep thinking, oh, it'd be great to see him still on the team. Raiders could use him. Bottom line is the dude's injured. Simple. It's that, it's that, it's that simple. He's just really injured. Do you think that fans maybe want to, like, wish and hopeful thinking that if he was on the Raiders, he'd magically be healed and he'd be fighting through these injuries and playing? Yeah. Because I, I can't think of a re- reason why they'd say, hey, I'd still want him. Well, I think because he was a former second-round pick and at moments he, he played well. I liked him a lot. I thought that the Raiders had them a good little player. Second-round pick out of Clemson. I thought he was going to do some good things with the team. And, you know, when he took over – uh, for Gary on Conley when they decided to move on from him when they were going to play the Texans. As a matter of fact, they traded him to Houston, and they were going to play Houston the, that next week. That showed you how little respect they had for Gary on Conley. I uh, remember being at that game when Trayvon Mullen got his first start, and I thought he did well, and I thought he was pretty decent for the most part. He was a guy that I wouldn't say is a number one corner ever. Even when he's healthy, I don't think he's a number one corner, but I think he's good enough. I think he's enough to get it done, right? And I think for the most part since – he was injured last year, and if you really you go back to it, I say he's injured often. He is, but it was really last year and this year. You know, before that, he was pretty pretty healthy. What we would see from Trayvon Mullen is he'd leave the game for a minute, and then he'd come back, you know, but he was banged up then, but he really wasn't missing games. So I think for the most part, everyone looked at the secondary, and people are questioning, well, who's going to be successful in the secondary and think that the new regime just moved on from him because it wasn't their guy. So I think that's what most people believe. And I think there's some truth to that when it comes to some players. You know, like Unique Ngakwe. I think that it was just like, hey, let's get someone in there who's better, who's our guy, who's better, who, who we're very familiar with. And that's what you have to do sometimes. When you're new and you're a new boss or whatever, or a new regime, you have to get guys that you're comfortable with so they can start to implement your system. So I think Unique Ngakwe might have been, you know, one of those guys that said, hey, we're going to go make the move for Chandler Jones. We'll also trade Ngakwe to the Colts, bring in Rock Yassin, a guy that we actually like. We, we scouted him when he was coming out of college. So it's kind of a two-for-one. We got our guy that we know in Chandler, and we also got a guy that we're intrigued by in an area of, well, they need some you know, extra players in that area anyway, anyway in that secondary. So I think that it all kind of goes together. But Trayvon Mullen, to me, was never that guy. Trayvon Mullen was just a guy that wasn't going to play this year. He was going to go on IR. So they were able to find something for him, get something for him. And the Cardinals, I couldn't believe that they decided and agreed to trade with him, but they did. And so I just wanted to pass that along because, again, that's not me saying anything. That's a Cardinal fan. At this point, we will never see Mullen ever play. Great job, Kime, trading for an injured player. Hey, Q, I just want to pass along a little bit more Cardinal news. Okay. Adam Hill from the Review Journal tweeted out, this will mark the Cardinals' final game before the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is released October 28th. And I just love that that's news. That is so funny. That is so funny. That'll, that'll, I feel so bad for Kyler Murray because that'll never go away. Right? That'll never go away. The, <laughs> the idea that he plays video games instead of studying will we'll stick with him forever. It just will. It's one of those things that you can't help it because we know it, we, right? We know that that was a concern for somebody. I don't know who decided that they wanted to put that into his contract, but obviously somebody put that in his contract, right? I mean, you don't, you don't put something in someone's contract that you know you don't have nothing to worry about, right? I mean, it's just you just don't. So somebody decided that that was a good idea, and then somebody else thought it was a good idea to let it be known. So it just it's so bizarre, but I hate that for him because he's always gonna he's always gonna have that attached to him. 
because even if they go out tonight and they beat the brakes off the Saints, it's going to be he's just trying to buy himself some grace. Right. Because we know next week he's going to stink up the joint because the new Call of Duty's out. Exactly. It's so funny to say. It, it is. It is. Fu- I mean, it's it, no joke. It's funny. It is hilarious. You're absolutely right. I just, like I said, I just feel bad for Kyler because he's got to deal with that. You know, and then for them to put it in his contract and then take it out of his contract and then we make a big deal of it and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, just kidding. We're not really going to do that. Well, you can't put toothpaste back in the tube. Once it's out, it's out. Right? I mean, like, Damon, you had that look on your face like, I think you could put toothpaste back. No, you can't. No, I was thinking about, and if I was Kyler Murray, I would be extra mad because, you know, he gave the speech of, hey, you don't get to the NFL. You don't get to be the number one pick. You don't get to never lose a game in high school and be 5'10 and just not work hard at all. But he's also got the coach where it's just, come on, man, he ain't that good either. No. So the maybe coach, some people need to be pointing some fingers at him. I, I've been pointing fingers at Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think he's a very good head coach at all. I really don't. You know, I think that he has moments, and he, he might be a decent play caller, but I think that he's, as far as a head coach, he's not very good. I saw him not be able to win with Patrick Mahomes in college, right? I've seen him just struggle to finish off seasons. I've seen him struggle to finish off games. He's just not that good. I say that. They beat the Raiders, <laughs> right? So, I mean, there's that. Um, I don't think he's a very good coach, but it, it is what it is. You know, and Murray, what I think about him is that he's really good. He's really athletic. He's a lot better at a lot of things than most people are, even at his size. But I do believe that you can get to the league. The thing is about sticking in the league. Can you stick in the league? You have to continue to develop yourself. You have to continue to work harder and harder and harder. And when you think you made it, that's when you got to work harder to continue to, to stick around and be even better. So, uh, you know, there's, there's something to it. I understand what he was saying, but there is also something to it like, hey, man, you need to keep grinding if you're going to get better and take that team where they need to go. So uh, there you go. Good stuff right there. Again, Thursday night football, the Saints and the Cardinals. Chickies and, Sp- and Pete's is the spot. Uh, my man Clay Baker will be checking in with us in a few minutes, so make sure you uh, check that out. Upon further review with Eddie Pascal, that's coming up next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So enjoy that. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Good night.